0: Hello friends, it's great to be back, always a privilege and pleasure to be asked back to host, wasn't that special, 50 years of Saturday Night Live, this the season 13 episode, as we go in depth on all the the details, what worked, what didn't, what was funny, what wasn't, who was good, who was bad, everything lies inside the next two hours plus of this episode of wasn't that special 50 years of SNL. I'm Scott Bertram. You can find me on X formerly Twitter at Scott Bertram. My co host is here. He's Christian Schneider. Christian, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm excited for this one because uh, we're trying something a little bit different this time. This is the first podcast episode that you can listen to now, but also believe later. (laughs) <laughs> so that is so that is pretty awesome
0: <laughs> hear us now listen to us later and believe us in the future or something like Just that it two weeks from now believe us now <laughs> uh it is season 13 so one of the big questions is is it lucky 13 or is it unlucky 13 we'll discuss that during the course of this episode and uh, lots to to get into. It is a shorter season. Well, we should say that right off the bat because there is uh, there's a technician strike at the start of the season, and there's a writer strike at the end of the season that cuts off the year after. Coincidentally, thirteen episodes in season thirteen. So we're compact. Uh, we're more compact this week as we talk about season thirteen and uh, and all the good and bad that went into it. We start as we do. Uh, each episode by telling you who's here and who's not. And this is a pretty quick and simple edition of who's here and who's not, because largely everyone's back. And why not? Season 12, we started red hot. We cooled off a bit toward the end, but certainly very successful. So people are back. The cast returns intact with one small change. Kevin Nealon, who we all learned to love last year, is now back. But he is a full cast member. He is shoehorned into the credits, which, by the way, um, I, am, I am realizing as I, I, have, I just started season 14, realizing because the credits change season 14. I love these opening credits so much. These ones where they're you know they're on the street, they're trying to get to you know a restaurant, they're trying to run. There are there are you know uh, little things of like Victoria Jackson breathless against a wall. They're so good. So they they couldn't put Neil in earlier on. So it's the very last. He's the last name alphabetically. So the very last part of the opening credits is Kevin coming into the bar where everyone else already is and tipping his hat and saying hello. So he's here as a full cast member uh Kristen, usually i run down the writers but uh, i i just did the whole, the whole whole cast and i'm exhausted so uh can you tell us about the writers room this season on SNL?
1: yes we have a couple of new uh notable names uh we have a whitney brown tom davis greg daniels who is uh the writing partner of somebody i'll mention here uh coming up jim downey re- remains the head writer Uh, Al Franken is back, Jack Handy, Phil Hartman, George Meyer, Lauren Michaels takes his his credit. Herb Sargent, David Borowitz, Rosie Schuster, Robert Smigel is back, Uh, Bonnie and Terry Turner, who you will know from movies such as Wayne's World in the future, Uh, Christine Zander, and a couple of new guys at the end of the season named Conan O'Brien and Bob Odenkirk. Uh, Those guys, I've heard of them. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk, who's like, somebody joked that he's like Jean-Claude Van Damme now because he's in these action movies where he's like an ass kicker. So (laughs) I do. who saw that
0: coming? (laughs) I do have one question about this, and I don't expect you to know, Christian, but maybe there's a listener out there who does know and can let us uh, fill us in. Why doesn't Dennis Miller get a writing credit for what he does on Weekend Update? I don't understand how that works.
1: That is an interesting question. It seems like he should... Should get one. As
0: far as I understand, Herb Sargent is, you know, co-leading Update with Dennis Miller, but clearly Miller's writing uh, most of the jokes, at least some of the jokes. Here's my only, the only thing I could consider on this, and I have no idea if this is correct or not, is because we know that some of the jokes that Dennis Miller uses on Update are actually used later on in some of his comedy specials, and they're good. I wonder if there's some sort of controlling legal control that occurs if he were to pass them to SNL through receiving a writing credit that instead he can keep those ideas for himself in the future. I have no idea if that makes sense, but that's all I could really think of.
1: So I've heard Dennis Miller talk about how he writes jokes for Weekend Update and it's basically he has Herb Sargent or somebody just like almost have like note cards that they flip at him and he just says the first thing off the top of his head and he would do this on a Friday or a Saturday because he always thought well the first thing that comes to mind is always going to be like the rawest or the you know the funniest the thing that's on the top of my brain and so that's how he would write jokes for the show a day before Saturday. And so he was writing these jokes. So, yeah, you're right. I don't know how, why
0: he doesn't get the credit. Hmm. Well, ma- again, maybe someone out there, a listener, has, has clued in as to why that happens. But I, I, I thought that was curious. No writing credit for Dennis Miller on on the show this year or next year. And I think, I don't think he gets one in season 12 either. Anyway. All right. We begin each episode by trying to summarize, by trying to, to, to put the season together in maybe a word or a phrase, and to give it an idea about where we're going in the course of our conversation today. And uh, I, I usually go first, so I, I'll continue. And I, I can't think of the specific word that I want. But here, here's my, um, I, I want to say consolidate, but that's not quite right. I'm, a, I'm kind of a weather geek. Christian, and so I, I tune into the weather channel when there's a hurricane approaching because where else do you go for coverage like that? And there's a, there's certain times in the life of a hurricane when, like the the eye wall comes apart, but then comes back stronger, right? So <laughs> so it kind of loses strength and it wobbles a little bit, but then overnight it builds back strength and it's actually oh now it's a Category four, and so that process is what's happening this season, I think. It's it's a, it's a season in which the show is sort of losing a few things that that don't work, f- figuring out a few things that do work, and as I'll mention in a bit toward the end of the season, I think we get a really good idea of of this sort of very focused theme feel to the writing and the execution that very much is going to carry over into season 14. So it's not as, I don't think this is as strong of a year as season 12, and it's certainly not as strong of a year as season 14 is going to be, which is kind of a, 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 a classic year in SLL lore. But there are still some very good parts, and I think it's just this process through 13 episodes of sort of reconfiguring and reorganizing and setting things up. For what's going to happen next year in season fourteen? So that was not one word, but that's how I would describe <laughs> this season. Uh, I do not have a meteorological
1: uh, angle to this, but um, as I was watching the season, I was thinking to myself, it just seems a little—and this is my word—a little insulated. And I'll I'll explain it in this, in this way: there are all a, there are a lot of sketches that are just kind of taking. Place in an office, uh, where they're almost kind of timeless, where there's no real uh, reference to anything that's going on in the real world. So in a sense, they are written, they're just as funny now as they were back in 1987 and 88. But they're not really saying a whole lot about kind of the culture that's going on in the world at re- the time. That's a really good point. Yep. So, so it's like... Uh, so I was thinking of this as I was watching, you know, one of the, um, one of the musical acts near the end of the season is 10,000 Maniacs. And it's like, there's this whole world of col like college culture of college radio and all that kind of stuff that the show never even uh, addresses or touches on. You know, there's this whole world of black culture going on in, in 1987, 88, you know, like Bobby Brown and, you know, rap music and all that kind of stuff. The show doesn't have a black cast member, so it can't really talk about those types of things. Um, and I think it seems like because some of the cast members are so old, Dana Carvey's in his 30s at this point. Uh, Phil Hartman is old, four years older than Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> and you can tell these guys <clears throat> love, you know, kind of 40s movies, 50s movies. So you're getting a lot of those type of, types of references, but you're not getting references of kind of what's happening in the culture at the time. It just seems so insulated from from the world and uh yeah so the sketches are well i think this and my other point is that i think that kind of takes away from the point of having a live show which is you can write things about things that are happening in the culture as they're going on but the sketches are timeless and that's good but i i I was hoping maybe they'd be a little more time full is and, that a word
0: yeah and, and i don't know if you're going to get there in a minute but that's also something that changes by the end of the season and that i, I want to talk about that here in l- a little bit there are a couple of specific sketches in which i think again it shifts the, i think they th- maybe they realize exactly what you've been pointing out here
1: from 35 years later i like to go back and i just, one of the appeals of watching the show is like, what was going on in America in the late 1980s? Because the show has been so typically reflective of the culture, and we're just not getting a whole lot of that to hear. But yeah. I, it's a minor quibble.
0: Uh, but I think it's a good one. I, I, I do. So that, that's where we start. That's where we start this season 13 of Saturday Night Saturday Night Live. And so the the, the season begins... October 17th, 1987, to be hyper specific, October 17th, 1987, and Christian, it begins with, arguably, the greatest show host in SNL history, Steve Martin, and right away, you and I have a slight disagreement about how this season begins, because we both love Steve Martin, and we both love what he brings to the show, we both love what he hosts, I ended. Uh, I, I I exited this this episode one slightly disappointed, and you thought mm. it was pretty darn good. And so we begin season thirteen with a bit of a disagreement.
1: So as I said the uh, in our notes, in the last five seasons there have been maybe two or three uh, uh, shows that we've graded at three or above, and this is one of them. This is uh, this is a top five episode in the past five years based on our grades and I mean, it's got great stuff in it. It's got, first of all, it's got Steve Martin. It's got a game show, a game show called common knowledge, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, There's a a sketch where there's a slide whistle, you know, two people are on a date and you hear the slide whistle as they say things to each other that are either pleasing or not pleasing. I thought that was actually really good. Uh, And it's kind of a, a gimmick. They go back to over and over again later on in the season. There's a really good weekend update. But I I just thought it was a really strong
0: episode, and I thought it was a a good way to get going. I have everything in this episode, and people uh, might see this in the executive producer notes that I released later. I I just have everything a, a step behind you. Like almost every sketch on this show, you have one grade higher than I do. And that's, you know, that's where our difference of opinion uh, just comes in. And I, I try not to grade on a scale, meaning we, we know what this cast and we know what these writers are capable of based on how they started the last year, season 12. And I try not to say, well, this is, this is bad because it's not as good as it could have been. I, I try not to do that sort of thing because it would, it would skew all of our ratings through time. <laughs> I, I just thought it was uh, a step behind where you think, where you thought this episode is. And for me, at least, it begins a stretch here in the early going of, I just think, I, th- I think tough sledding. Um, I, 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 I don't think there are a lot of standout sketches in these first, let's say, what, four episodes or so. Um, I, I think there's a, a little problem with the writing here early on in which they're writing situations but not necessarily writing jokes. Like they're writing situations in which the, the cast can act and perform and be funny, and yet they're not quite following through on the promise of some of the premises or following through with writing jokes or good finishes or ways to to, to sort of pull the laughs out of the crowd. Now, look, they, they are so talented here that there's nothing truly bad here. I don't want people to come away saying, oh, these are bad episodes. No, I think they're Kind of mediocre. I think the Dabney Coleman episode, which is our third episode of the year, is probably as close as you get to a bad episode. Um, and, and Dabney Coleman, who I, I kind of like, doesn't help much. He, um, you know, he, he has the reputation as an actor of playing these characters who are kind of uh, bitter and caustic. And th- there are a few places here where you get like three of those in a row, which just grates a little bit. Uh, on me and I don't think there's anything that really stands above the pack. So that that's as close as you get to a bad episode and it's not bad. It's, it's just subpar. <laughs> the rest of this is kind of average for me. I just think that they sort of struggle to find their feet coming out of the gate in this season.
1: And we should note the host for episode two is Sean Penn, who is at the height of his kind of Sean Pennness mm-hmm. within the popular culture where, you know, he actually went to jail for a little bit for, uh, assaulting, uh, Camera operator, a photographer, yeah, Uh, because he was famous for doing that when he was out with his wife Madonna, and he would uh, he would assault photographers. He did not like the the paparazzi culture, so he was kind of Hollywood bad boy, and he really leans into it in a couple things. He he has the church lady yell at him, which is actually I think a pretty good sketch. But you're right, for the most part, this is not this is not a good episode. Two and three are not good, but then uh, back. And this sort of surprised me a little bit. I thought episode four was a little bit of a bounce back uh, with Robert Mitchum. It's not a great episode, but it's kind of right there in the in the middle of a, kind of an average episode. And um, so I, I thought they got a, a little bit of their, their momentum back with that one.
0: Now, as I sort of laid out as we began, I think that we'll, we get better from here. And we'll talk about that in a minute. The one place throughout this season in which you do see current events reflected um at least before we get toward the tail end last three four episodes is on weekend update with Dennis Miller and I I think that really hits a stride this season and maybe it even gets better from here I can't tell we haven't gone into the future yet but this season weekend update is very good and they deal with a lot of you know in the moment scandals and stories there's um There's um, an election bubbling, right, with primaries, and so you have all these new candidates to talk about. There are these televangelist scandals all throughout the year, breaking left and right, and I think they do a great job of writing those. There are some really, truly good moments all year long. This is, honestly, a year in which, as we look for in our awards later on, best weekend update moment. There are a lot to choose from here, and there's that's not always the case. I mean, there's always good moments and sort of chuckle moments, and that was fun. There are some really, truly outstanding moments in Weekend Update all year long. There's even one episode, and I think it's episode eight, uh, which is a Paul Simon episode, which we'll talk about more in a minute, in which I think Weekend Update comes very close to getting... For me, at least, a five, which is our highest rating we assign to sketches. And you have to understand, listeners, how hard it is for a weekend update to get a five rating because there are so many moving parts. There are so many jokes. There are so many guest commentaries. If one thing goes wrong, it takes it, you know, it brings it down a notch. But I think at episode eight, it's as close as we've ever had to getting a true five five-level Weekend Update. That's how good this thing was operating throughout most of the season. Uh, Yeah, and that's the one where they
1: finally have Dana Carvey on to mock Dennis Miller and do Dennis Miller as Dennis Miller (laughs) on uh, on Weekend Update. And if you watch a couple episodes prior... Yes, yes. There's just a dead spot where Dennis Miller turns around and there's supposed to be somebody there and there's not. And uh, from the story that you told me, uh, Carvey... Was supposed to go on and do the Dennis Miller impersonation, the but thought it had been cut. Yep. And so uh and so he he wasn't there. But uh that's yeah, that's definitely worth it. And uh, there's also a joke about uh Joe Biden's plagiarization scandal, uh, if you remember that. He uh, plagiarizing Miller has a joke about how he plagiarized a, a Gary Hart joke, and uh so I guess that means now he's eligible to be uh president of Harvard University. But uh yeah, that's a really good one
0: and there's one particular moment on weekend update we we got to break out here we won't hold it until the awards at the tail end of the show because it's uh, we have the award for the most prescient moment uh, of the entire season and this al Franken bit on weekend update is as you put it almost too prescient to believe how right. my how jaw good this hit is. the floor when i saw this and you will find out what sketch made my jaw hit the
1: floor Uh, If you subscribe to Wasn't That Special, 50 Years of SNL, uh, you can uh, subscribe on a monthly basis or you can save a little cash and subscribe on an annual basis. What better gift to give someone this holiday season? Uh, If you want, you can subscribe at the executive producer level, which gets you all sorts of great uh, emails and information. You will have entire... Total SNL knowledge that you can impress your friends and family with, and uh, Scott will explain some of that right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. You get lots of stuff. You get the ability to tell us what to talk about on the show, if you like. We tell you when we're about to tape and record, and you can tell us, hey, talk about this, or I want to hear about that. As an executive producer, you can direct us, get the emails from Christian for every show with all of our notes on the sketches and also getting the uh, the, the, the clips and the stuff that is written contemporaneously with the uh, with the season. And at the end of our 50 episodes of recap of SNL, we'll do some, some big awards that cover the entirety of the show. And if you're an executive producer, you've been with us the, the whole way. You've been reading our notes. You know what we've been talking about. You get to vote with us too. So if you're an executive producer, you get all those neat privileges, and as we often say, you become our bestest friends in the whole wide world. Wasn'tThatSpecial.com. Wasn't that special.com? Think about it. Use this end of the year to consider your priorities in life and perhaps make wasn't that special a higher priority in 2024.